Yo, what up? This is Darker Than Wax on Radar Radio. We hope you're feeling well and dandy in this new year of 2018. We'll be with you for the next two hours. Marco Wybell and yours truly, a.k.a. Marcus. Underneath me right now, forthcoming music from our latest artist, Gonzalo, based here in New York, Uptown. Uh, check our band camp for pre-orders on February 2nd and the release drops on the 23rd of February. Find that at darkerthanwax.bandcamp.com. Keep it locked.
In case you missed it back in December, we're listening to Similar Objects' newest project, You Got, reinterpreting Filipino folklore on a bass-heavy tip. Again, check out our Bandcamp for that one. And up next, our special guest for some words and music, we have DJ Amir, New York by the way of Boston, in the studio.
So we're here at Red Bull Studios, New York, and we've got the one and only DJ Amir, a guest that we've wanted on the show for a really long time, right before he dips off to Europe. Yeah. How you doing, Amir? Um, besides freezing, um, <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just trying to get ready for this trip to Berlin. Well, I will be a Ber- Berliner for the next two years on an artist visa. When are you dipping out there again? I'm hoping to dip out the first week of February. 
So that's real soon. So for those that aren't familiar, we've got DJ Amir, the one and only, uh, extremely prolific music historian, record collector. He's an amazing DJ. He's done all sorts of really wonderful things. And he's been a New York resident for how many years? 23 years. 23 years, but he's making his way across the pond for a bit. Right. So yeah. for those that aren't familiar, that want to get familiar, he's going to be out your way soon. So how was 2017 musically for you as a DJ and uh, you putting out records and comps and whatnot? So. Um, 2017, for, like for a lot of us, it was really rough um, gig-wise. Um, I mean, I did have some great gigs. You know, I, I spent the summer from uh, uh, June to November in Berlin. And I did a jazz festival in Serbia, which, you know, if, the, if somebody would ask me my bucket list of places to go, Serbia's not on, on that list. But hey, I had a great time. Uh, I met some good people. I played in front of like 5,000 people at 3.30 in the morning to five in the morning, you know, and 105 degree weather. Um, so that was bananas. Um, I had some great gigs and, you know, all over Europe and you know that that was amazing but you know in terms of just like putting out records and you know doing different things like that i mean uh, it's just been really difficult for you know because the vinyl prices are going up the plants are all crowded you know all the different issues you have to deal with as as a label owner and you know dealing with this stuff and you know uh, the one good shining light for me is that my last release the lyman wooded um reissue you know it sold out really quick um, I think I should probably have some more back in by the time I get to Berlin. So that was a good that was a good thing. But you know, just it's always a struggle, man. A lot of this is a labor of love. You know, I'm trying to get to that point where it's the the labor's not just for the love. It's for also you know have some compensation. You know, money money wise too. You know, definitely. I know we we had on a, like the, a few shows ago. We had a Weldon Irvine, the documentary that's getting done, and it sounds like that's like extreme amount of work. And I know. Just trying to get it all back at the end of it, everything it seems like a yeah kind i got of, a chance to meet him like uh, probably about a year before he passed away um my boy egon had introduced me to him at what used to be before i, I can't remember what it was called before that but it used to be called the canal room on canal street but then it was called something before that and he was there with reuben wilson and you know he introduced me to both of them and it was like i think a year later uh welding him you know committed suicide so yeah that's crazy yeah. yeah no definitely it's all it's def definitely respected and loved um so you the, i think the last the, you you put out some stuff last year and i know you did the the new york salsa come back in 2016 what i i think i heard from a birdie a little bird that uh you've got a project you're working on for 2018 i think uh can if you want to talk about that or not oh um I can't really say the person's name because I, I need to make sure um, his widow and I have some contractual agreement between the two of us. Um, but it's one of the most famous jazz artists on the planet who's no longer alive, but um, he's like he's like a pillar of jazz. And he did a record with Strata. Could we also talk a bit just more about how how you, you just stumbled upon that whole Strata catalog? And um, Well, I mean, my journey really began through the Lyman record because, you know, I, um, as I said in other interviews, like I traded that record with someone, uh, not someone, it was a good friend of mine, James Glass. Um, oh, it's going on 24, 25 years now, I think. Um, for another record and he was like I, you know I had heard about the record but I had never heard it 
And then when I got it, I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest record I've ever heard in my life. And, you know, on the back of the record, there are other records that are advertised that supposedly came out and I used to try to look for all of them and it was all these urban legends that you know all of them did but actually they didn't so when I became the uh, label manager of Wax Poetics um, one of the first things I said I was gonna reissue that Lyman record so the first reissue was on Wax Poetics and that's how I met Lyman we hung out you know I went to Detroit I took him to dinner I took him I said hey man Tell me your favorite restaurant and I'll take you to your favorite, favorite, you know, restaurant. And we chilled and he had so many stories and he had brought the masters with him and he was here, young man, you know, and um, unfortunately he passed before I could get the record out. Um, but, you know, so from there I was like, man, I really somebody should reissue this Strata catalog. And, I, and so I had approached the owners of Wax Poetics, but they were not interested in that. And I, you know, was really dismayed and like disappointed in that. So I not too long after that quit and I decided to approach the owner myself and that's what I did and I also did something you know another person who's a competitor with Red Bull um, I don't know if I can mention their name but they had this thing called the IQ Museum um, a few years ago and they asked me Prince Paul and a few other people to do some like you know like an online museum exhibit and so I did one on Strata and that's how I really came to Detroit and we filmed all the surviving members of Strata which is, are not a lot and I approached the owner I was like hey you know are there any extra masters anything that never came out in this catalog she was like oh man I got a whole basement full of stuff so when I came she had she had a lot of it already up and you know and so I just was like you know how about we enter into a deal and she was like yeah and it was that simple it was that simple. And that that's when, I guess, like 1-800-PROOF Yeah, 180 proof. Kind of, was, yeah, 180 proof, proof is like, I came up with that just to flip on, you know, um, 180-gram vinyl and all that stuff, you know. Um, and, you know, we entered into an agreement pretty quick. And, you know, I went out to Detroit and I got some masters and, you know, started working on stuff, man. And then when I, I, didn't, I secretly kept it to myself, I didn't let nobody know except from like my girl, you know. Um, but then when I let it out, people were like, oh my God, how'd you get that? They were like, yo, I'm like, dude, she was in the phone book. It's not like I was any rocket science, you know, like she, was, she, was, she wasn't on Saturn and like I had to like take a rocket ship there to get to her and fight like mad alien, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have to do all of that. I just talked to her in a way, you know, like I just came to on some real stuff, you know? And I wasn't trying to be like, you know, no, not to disparage, you know, my fellow Japanese diggers and record collectors and Europeans, but some of those guys come here and they straight rob these older black women and men of their, not only of their dignity, but of, you know, of their intellectual property, man. Because they'll, like, they'll just be insulting, like, here's $500 for your whole catalog, knowing that this catalog, they can make so much more off of it. And they sell their publishing rights, they sell everything. And they don't actually give back to that community. I, I heard that, that happened a lot in the 80s, I remember reading about that. Oh yeah, they were like locusts, man. They came into town, there was nothing left, you know, so... I just did a license deal with her, you know, and and then you know we're we're still working together. So that that record that um, you know, from the unmentioned person, um, you know, it's gonna be a five LP box set because it's three hours of music, which is still not enough to do three hours of music. So the rest will have to be exclusively on the CD. But um, yo, that's really cool. No, it's funny because I just I just. On the subject of Detroit and whatnot, I just watched that, finally, that documentary, Searching for Sugar Man, and it, it talks about it, just like how crazy it is, how some people just, uh, just the whole dynamic of things and like unreleased music and whatnot. And 
yeah. the reinvention of reissues and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. it's crazy. Compilations, pe- putting people onto older music that was forgotten, and suddenly you know bringing that artist back into into play again. I guess. Yeah. What else? So you working on that? Anything else you got in store for 2018? I know. Um. Well, I'm definitely working on some more Strata um, stuff. Like, I'm uh, the next one would be uh, CJQ, which was the first record on Strata, which is Contemporary Jazz Quintet, which is Kenny Cox, Charles Moore, um, Roy Brooks, Danny Spencer, and I maybe oh Leon Henderson is the other person, the brother of uh, Joe Henderson. Um, and so this is this will be coming out, um, and then. I have another CJQ record, which didn't come out. It's a live record at the uh, Ann Harbor Jazz and Blues Festival. Um, it's called Black Hole, and it's like, it's like, it's co- recorded in 73, and it's like their version of like being like the head owners. It's like crazy. So, you know, I have those three, and then I'm working on some more stuff. I'm, I gotta work on another compilation for BBE. I have no idea what that's gonna be. This you just they have you slated for one or what? Yeah, I mean he's like, whoa, what's up with that? What's up? What's up? What's up? And I'm like, oh, I just don't know what to do because I mean there's a million and one comps out there, you know. So it's like I don't want to just put on any Joe Schmo comp, you know. You have any favorite comps or releases from 2017? You want to share um, with the people? Yeah. Uh, you have any particular favorites? My man Kev Beetle, my fellow um, BBE uh, roster mate, um, he put out this best of uh, Inner City records um the jazz label um and he had put out something else recently too um i don't remember the name it was like all jazz influence but then also like uh i think zaf put this out last year um my man zaf from uh, love vinyl um i yeah i can't remember the name of that one too man you're catching Is it me the private boogie yeah i think it's a private boogie the one second volume or yeah something? it's the second volume yeah, it's the one with the red sleeve. I don't know if that came out in 2016 or 17. Okay, all right, well, it's a good comp. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. There's a few, man. There's, there's a lot of them, I, you know, because I get everything from BBE for free. And I have got not going through more than half of that stuff. So I got it. It's just so, so much music. You just, you know. Yeah, you, it takes time. Yeah, exactly. So Where, are you taking any, how many crates are you taking with you or bags of records to Europe with you? So when I went over there in June, I brought like, you know, maybe 50, 45s and maybe about 30, 12 inches. And I had to skate real quick to, through security. Like, oh, don't, you know, because uh, they're really like about like, oh, if it weighs too much and, you know, and all this other stuff. And it's, it's, it's expensive to bring records on the plane. So this time, you know, and I lost some gigs in, um, in Berlin because they like you. You don't have enough vinyl. You know we need to have you have six vials of vinyl. We want to see a DJ Amir play all the rare, the rare stuff. And I'm like, damn. But I'm like, the <laughs> they rare don't let stuff. you do Serato. <laughs> yeah, like they're really big. Uh, they're really big against Serato. And the thing is, is like I get it, but like you know, one of these rare records that I'm bringing out is costing cost me more than what you're paying me for this gig. So I was like, dude, I'd rather keep that at home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not bringing it out just to you know like show whose shit is bigger. You know, it's like, you know, I'm just about the music, you know, like the, the the average person just wants to be able to like let loose, be taken on the journey and and have a good time, you know. And, you know, also for those people that are into like rarer records, they want to be entertained and educated in a certain way, too. That's what I mean by like, you know, taking them on a journey. So this time I probably will have to bring about 120 records, man. I'm gonna have to suck it up and bring it because you know I do I mean I love vinyl like anybody else you know but it's just 
it's a hassle to bring it around with you and um, carry it and, you know, all that stuff and people getting lost. And it's just, the, the like, again, the, the cost to transport that stuff. It's like, it's so cost prohibitive, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, you'll probably, and you'll probably pick up mad vinyl when you're out there too, I'm sure. So, yeah, the thing is, is that like in Berlin, man, people always like, when I first was going there, like in the early 2000s, it was great for like flea markets and stuff. But now all the hipsters are there, and like so, records that used to be two euros, and they're paying like fifty euros for these garbage records. <laughs> but like skated on Led Zeppelin records, and I'm like, dude, I got wow. some, you know, like, and I'm like, dollar you're an records? Idiot. You're an idiot. Like, why would you pay that? So then, when you know some of the market guys, they see me, and they're like, oh, yo, DJ Amir, his a uh, Niagara, Niagara Niagara record, you know, what the one with the the breast, yeah, with the drum beat. Oh, his two hundred euros. I'm like, dude, I had that record back in the days, and I sold it, you know for more than what you're asking me I, I don't need that i don't i'm not paying 200 euros for a drum beat drum beat you know that maybe lasts for like i'll be generous and say maybe a minute you know that's just not what i'm trying to do man you know so um are you still digging quite a bit here oh yeah, yeah like always yeah i, I mean i did buy some records um in europe i, I, I went to a store and um and groning Netherlands, which is like up in the north, um, and I went to this record store called Klinghammer Records. This, bro, uh, this cat, Michael Klinghammer, owns a record store with his brother, and in the front it's like a junk shop, <laughs> like literally like a junk shop. And in the back is is his stuff, and he had all this, you know, great, great, amazing music. And he was a young dude; he's like 31, man, and he had all these great, you know, records and great knowledge about records, you know. And he was mad cool, you know. Um, and shout out to him and. Uh, yeah, I mean, London, I, I tried to do some shopping and I would go to the typical, you know, suspects, you know, um, Dalston Records and Love Vinyl and Cosmo. Cosmo is like, that's like, they should just Cosmo call it, the yeah, yeah, they should call it whole paycheck. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're giving them the, your whole paycheck, depending on how much you money you make, you know, it's like, so yeah. That's some knowledge right there for everyone. Um, in terms of... We're gonna have you hop in the mix in a bit. What can we expect from your mix? I mean, we. Um, it's gonna be probably what not people are gonna expect from me because it's gonna be a mix of some new stuff um, and some older stuff. Because you know, DJing out now, I'm just on some like you know, I want to play music that I like um, and that I enjoy. It's still you know musical to me and it's still creative in a way. So yeah, it's just gonna be a mix of that, you know. Um, you know, I know everybody's like, oh, she's going to play all the rare stuff. I mean, I don't play some <laughs> rare stuff, too, but but it's like, you can't do a party. Yeah, you can't do, you can't do a party, just all rare stuff. Then it's going to be just a sword fight. And, you know, nobody wants record to. dude hanging out. Nerds just like in the corner. Yeah, oh, you know, no. beating you up like, yo, that's not the original press. The original press is like orange label or something like, who cares, dude? Like, do you like the song or not? <laughs> Hovering around the booth looking at, you know, them. like, yeah, so no, it's. That's totally like that. I just want to say, uh, where can people find you in terms of like all your socials and whatnot online? The social media handles. Um, so on Instagram, which I'm on a lot, it's uh, it would be Amir DJ Amir seventy, and that's A M I R. Uh, it would be probably the same for uh, Twitter. Um, Facebook is D- just DJ Amir, and um, Mixcloud is Amir on track. I know it's crazy but there's a lot of uh, unfortunately there's a lot of dj amirs out I, yeah there. i i because i did a little homework before just to make sure just to check 
my knowledge or whatever, but there were like four other Amirs that were like techno and trans DJs. I was like, who are these people? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm not that guy. <laughs> not yeah. All. Not at all. So, all right. So on the 27th, I'll be with DJ Prestige um, at the uh, Ace Hotel. He has a party called uh, Live Mixtape. And so we're going to be doing a, a, a mix of like vinyl and Serato, just, you know, rare stuff, good stuff, you know. That's probably one of the last gigs I will have before I break out to um to uh, to Europe, and then after that, yeah, this is New York at the Ace, and then you know I'll be in uh, February 9th, I'll be in Gothenburg playing Sweden. Do you have so. a lo- anything locked over there? Or no. Yeah, yeah, I, I have that gig. I have a gig. I I have a, a couple of gigs. I have a couple of gigs in Berlin. I'm waiting on this gig in Hanover, Germany. Like you know, I'm booking myself now. I don't have an agent, so I'm just it's you know. So reach out, people. Happen. Reach out. So <laughs> yeah. Amir is coming your way come February, y'all. Um, so right now we're going to have DJ Amir, the one only hop in the mix for Radar Radio, Dark in the Wax. Take it away. All right. Yeah. 
Where we 
But here comes my love 
Yo, what's up? This is DJ Amir of Khan and Amir, BBE Records, I Love Vinyl, 180 Proof Records, and you're listening to Darker Than Wax on Radar Radio.
Big up DJ Amir for blessing us with that amazing set. Find him in Berlin and elsewhere in Europe soon. And to end the last half hour of our show, our fearless leader, Funk Bastard, taking it away with his N30 mix. Do keep it locked. This is Darker Than Wax. Darker Than Wax.
day I come late Wash my clothes in the same sink I don't give a damn about dating As long as I pay rent I don't even want to buy my paycheck I know it's short but I'm making Cause it could be a worse situation All that glitters ain't cold And all that shines but it ain't a diamond All that wrinkles is in no And as far as you see ain't the horizon Death and desire To live on it sensitize your soul is the continuing process of consciousness manifesting its message within the context of 
affection and appreciation. Unity is the beginning. And as the African proverb says, if you know the beginning well, darker than wax, the end will not trouble you. We move.
And that brings us to a close. Mad love to Red Bull Studios New York once again, and our masterful engineer Hassan for holding it down. As usual, find Marcus and myself coming to you every Saturday afternoon, 12 to 2 p.m. East Coast time on the Lot Radio, straight out of Brooklyn, Greenpoint, online via thelotradio.com, and uh, and always Dark of the Wax on social media, at Dark of the Wax on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and last but not least, darkerthanwax.com. We'll see y'all next month on Radar Radio. Until next time, peace and love.